Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the TR90 Body Burn 30 support call. This call happens Monday through Friday at this time, which for me is 6.40 in the morning, Pacific time. If you're mountain time, it's 7.40, 8.40 in Texas, 9.40 Michigan and East Coast time. Thrilled to have you along. (coughs) For those of you that don't know who I am, I'm Susan Mann out of Portland, Oregon. And I have a huge interest in both um, health, nutrition, exercise, and so I'm always looking for things that will help support our TR90 lifestyle since this is a lifestyle change. With that being said, if you ever miss any of these calls, you can pick them up on Sound, S-O-U-N-D, Cloud, C-L-O-U-D, Put in Frank, F-R-A-N-K, Lomas, L-O-M-A-S. And TR90, these calls will pop up. They are now archived back more than nine years. The last several months, we've actually been putting in not only the date and who the host was, but also what the subject of the top, or the top topic was for that particular call. If you get your podcast through a different app or service, if you, again, put in Frank Lomas and Tier 90 or Solutions, the digit for anti-aging, these calls could well pop up as well. Frank says he's been seeing them popping up on several of the other apps and services. So with that being said, we want to make sure you are able to get to these if you so desire. The um, TR90 program when you're first starting out is that really good clean, lean meal a day, two shakes a day, three snacks a day, 30 grams of protein at at least three of those meals. If you're a much larger person, then you might need to increase the um, grams of protein per meal or add a fourth meal with 30 grams to it um, to help get things really moving. Taking your supplements 15 to 20 minutes before a meal is optimum. If you're not able to do that, do take it with your meal because it'll still work. It just it won't be quite as effective as it would have been had the supplements been on board prior to uh, the consumption of food. Staying hydrated. The current thinking is at least one ounce of water for every two pounds you weigh. So if, for instance, you weigh 100 pounds, you should be drinking a minimum of 50 ounces of water daily. Um, it does wonderful things for your skin, clears out toxins. It does a host of things. If you start thinking that you're hungry and you're not sure what you're hungry for, drink a glass of water because many times um, dehyd- the beginnings of dehydration sets in and looks like or feels like you're hungry and it's really the dehydration starting to kick in. If you're exercising heavily or if you're in a very humid area, you'll need to increase the amount of water that you drink just because you'll be perspiring and losing a lot more body fluids and so you'll need to offset that. 30 minutes of moderate to heavy exercise at least five days a week is really fabulous. Unless you like Frank and his wife Jennifer, and they um, have they've been started a, a challenge many years ago now 
of hashtags no days off where they did 30 minutes of some sort of exercise every single day. Well, they're now well into um, over 1,350 some odd days because I think that they're probably coming up on to about 1,375 days. Frank will share that with us tomorrow, how many days they've been doing no days off exercise. It's a really great habit to get into and, you know, if you miss one day, do it the next day because it, it it's one of those habits that once you start, it's a really good thing and it makes you feel better all the way around. Seven plus servings of fruits and vegetables every single day, that gives you micronutrients, it gives you macronutrients, it gives you lots of fiber. The more fiber, the better because that keeps things moving along through your system, but Every person should be getting a certain amount of fiber in their diet every single day. Um, most of us don't get enough fiber if we're eating a lot of processed foods. That's um, why the closer you can get to the fruit or the vegetable at, in its original state, the more fiber you're likely to have. Seven to nine hours of rest daily, and by rest I mean sleep, that is also a really key component to this because your body does a lot of system resets. Uh, sleep deprivation really messes with a lot of your systems and it will uh, mess with making good choices and several other things. So trying to stay in a habit of getting enough sleep every single day is really good. With that being said, I am going to share some information out of a book that's called Fat Chance, Beating the Odds Against Sugar, Processed Food, Obesity and Disease. It was written by Robert H. Lustig. That's spelled L-U-S-P-I-G. He's an MD and an MSO. And I started sharing with you what some of the food industry's responses are. And their first argument in regards to sugar in particular, fructose doesn't raise blood glucose. Well, that um, I shared with you why that was not the case. Switch them up, fructose for glucose. And the food label is right there. Why not all the information we really need is on that food label. So today the fourth argument is it's all about supply and demand. And realize that high fructose corn syrup really is not good for you, so... We'll jump into this next argument and figure out why. There are two philosophies of marketing, and the food industry has mastered them both. One, we give the public what it wants. The food industry is just responding to a need by filling, quote, a niche in the American economy. This is how the industry would like to be portrayed as reactive Portion sizes in this country are significantly larger than they were 20 years ago. You buy a larger portion because you feel you're getting a better deal. You buy more, you eat more. Everyone wins. Well, not everyone. The food industry wins by selling more. The middleman wins by levying the markup. And the government wins by levying the sales tax. You lose. If you build it, they will come. This is the real story. Developing a market out of nowhere or being proactive. As 
I like to tell my children advertising is necessary for products that we don't want and don't need. The food industry, manufacturers, retailers, and food service is outranked only by the automobile industry in terms of monetary expenditure for marketing. Like it or not, we are influenced by our choices by what the media tells us to want, especially our children. You may, quote, know that you should eat more fruits and vegetables, but how many commercials do you or your kids watch that say so? Less than 5% of all food advertising dollars is spent by the fruit, vegetable, and grain sectors. The government and the USDA can't compete with the almost unlimited funds of the food industry. In 1997, the USDA spent $300 million to promote healthy eating in comparison to the $11 billion uh, spent advertising junk food, of which $4.2 billion was directed at children. So... The fast food and the beverage companies sponsor teams supporting events, uh, sponsor teams, sporting events, and charity walks, and other physical activity-related venues to take the heat off the sugar they peddle as an Amer- as American as apple pie. It's another thing entirely for them to finance the uniforms, the scoreboards for schools around the country. In exchange for financial compensation, the schools sign exclusive marketing contracts with beverage companies to permit on-campus advertising through product donations, signboards and signs, clothing and school supplies. The more beverages sold, the more money for the school, the more profits for the company. And in a 2000 survey, 72% of the California high schools allowed advertising for fast food and beverages on campus, while only 13% prohibited it. And if you think it's bad in the United States, try Latin America. Consumption of soft drinks doubled in Mexico in seven years, despite the fact that 75% of Mexican adults are currently overweight. Coca-Cola sponsors more physical activity programs than any other companies put together. Despite the rhetoric, the food industry knows it has a problem. Enter the new market of functional foods. As PepsiCo chairman, chairwoman Indra Nooyi so eloquently stated in The New Yorker, May 16, 2011, It's not a question of selling less. It's a question of selling the right stuff. In response to the obesity pandemic, Pepsi now has three lines, fun for you, i.e. chips and soda, better for you, juice and beef jerky, and the good for you line, which is whole grains, fruits, vegetables, and low-fat dairy and nuts. Americans know that they're gaining weight and that they should be eating healthier. So the food industry helps us assuage our guilt by processed foods labeled natural and whole wheat or containing extra nutrients. You buy them, probably paying extra and feel better about eating them. 
none of these taglines has any meaningful definition and there is little or no regulation about when they can be used. We are currently in throwback mode. Many soft drink manufacturers such as Pepsi are substituting sucrose for the high fructose corn syrup based on the myth that the sucrose is more natural and therefore better for you. Sobe drinks with 100% of your daily vitamin C requirements are essentially flavored sugar water. Just because you don't feel any guilt doesn't mean your body won't feel the effects. Promise, if all of the high fructose corn syrup containing candy bars in the world somehow mysteriously were replaced by their sucrose containing equivalents, they would still be junk food and your body wouldn't know the difference. Although they might cost more, you might balk at the increased price. Investors are watching Pepsi carefully. As it promotes its good-for-you line, it has reduced the marketing of its fun-for-you line to the tune of about $349 million. In the process, Pepsi-Cola has fallen to third place in the soft drink sales behind Coke and Diet Coke. It, see, it remains to be seen if what has essentially, was essentially a junk food company can recreate itself. If not, don't expect any risk-taking from the others. So if there's any lesson to be gleaned from this book, it's the food is health. It's that food is health. But while you are ostensibly in charge of your health, you are clearly not in charge of your food. In fact, those who are in charge of your food are doing their level best to make a buck off of you. Food companies in the year 2010 generated nearly $1 trillion in sales. And if your health goes down the tubes, that's your problem. But it's not just your problem. It's everyone's problem. The cigarette industry was chastised for an irrational business model. Poisoning your best customers is not considered a growth strategy. But if you can hook more people on the front end, you can guarantee your supply of users so you can afford to lose a few. The food industry has a leg up on this model. Corner the food market and people will have no place else to go. Is it any wonder that the food industry is in the midst of two negative trends, the economic downturn and the obesity pandemic? Is making money hand over fist? Hmm. So I think I'm going to stop there because we're right almost at the end of our time for today if you scoot over to Facebook One Team Global Live one of our leaders will be sharing some information on how to build a new skin business and tomorrow we'll have Frank, I'll be back on Thursday and on Friday um, Victoria will be doing a lovely meditation to get our weekend off to a lovely start with that being said this is Susan Mann from Portland, Oregon, January 4th, 2022, signing out. And I'm going to take us all off mute so we can say goodbye to each other. So now we know some of the reasons why we're doing the things we've been doing. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. And hopefully I'll get into 
what some of the personal solution might be probably on Thursday and Monday and Tuesday. <laughs> Well, the donations to the schools are, you know, maybe a lot, but what they're doing with, I know the food services and some of the colleges, it's really terrible. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I remember when I was back in high school, we actually had a vending machine that dispensed oranges and apples that you could buy. And I think my senior year... They actually swapped it over so that we could buy soda, and I'm kind of like, I don't want that. <laughs> so oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. they have yeah. food services. They have like the bar. They have a salad bar. I think at most of the schools, you know, where you can get a salad. The first one. But they do have the other stuff. Well, and I know in a lot of the elementary schools here that they they offer extra helpings if the kids want to come back for seconds. They can have all the fruits and vegetables they want. So, so that's something that they they recommend here anyway. And the kids say, "Can I go back and have some extra carrots or get some corn?" Or you go for it. (laughs) So I I do know that at least. In our local school districts, that's some some of what they do in the state of Oregon. So, well, that's good. Well, you know, it's one way to combat some of some of it. I know that some of the schools actually have programs where the kids are learning how to do gardening as part of their science, and they're actually out in gardens and raising some of the food that actually gets used in the food service program. So once they've raised it, it's like, oh, yeah, we planted those. That's where those come from. So it really makes a huge difference. Oh, absolutely. That's great. That's wonderful. So I'm going to scoot off since I've got to get get on since I've got another full day of teaching again today. Yesterday I was the art teacher. Today I get to be a librarian all day. Lots of fun. <laughs> well, enjoy your day. Oh, I certainly will. And you, you as well. <laughs> okay. Take care, everyone. All right. Bye.